I need to know everything. Who in the what and the where? I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George. I hop in the Porsche, with five and a horse. I'm ready for war. I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost. I need to know everything. Now you'll be surprised at the info you get is by letting me talk. Hey everyone, I'm Ashley Asty, and I'm curious, aren't you? I'm Curious Podcast brings the unfamiliar closer. I'm telling stories and sharing conversations with people who remind us that love demands we move toward justice and that we're all connected. This opening music is called Curious George by Nate Rose. All right, let's get to it. I'm ready for smoke. I need to know everything. Who in the what in the where I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George. I hop in the Porsche with five and a horse. I'm ready for war. I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost. I need to know everything. Now they ain't go harder than me. This episode is magical. I'm going to show you what a divine miracle you are, Jade Beale said to me during this episode about the people she photographs. Jade is a photographer and she doesn't simply capture someone's image through her lens. She brings out and reminds them of their beauty. About 10 years ago, when she was deep in postpartum depression after the birth of her son and was feeling at war with her body, she stepped in front of her own camera, stripped down to her bare beauty, and let the world see her as she was, no hiding, no photoshopping, her truth. It was brave and it started a revolution, women wanting to liberate themselves from hiding too, and to see the truth of their own magnificence in a world that continues to tell them that their bodies are too much or never enough. Since then, Jade has taken millions of photographs, mostly of women in their bare beauty, all shapes and stages of life. It is Jade's heart that can be felt the most in this episode. It was so beautiful to be in the presence of her her free spirit and, as she says, her soul speech. So let me tell you a little bit about Jade. Jade Beale is a proud mother and a Tucson, Arizona-based, world-renowned photographer, specializing in truthful images of women to inspire them to feel irreplaceably beautiful and good about their body as a counterbalance to the airbrushed, photoshopped imagery of a single body shape and a single age that dominates mainstream media. Her work in her book Bodies of Mothers has touched millions of women's lives and garnered global attention from media outlets including the BBC, the Today Show, the Huffington Post, and more. Jade's books and social media platforms are so engaging and beautiful. They feature the truthful photos of women alongside their stories of their journey to build self-compassion in a world that thrives off of women believing their bodies are problematic and never enough. Jade believes that our bodies are not the problem and that the problem is diet culture and the beauty industry and generations of bullied humans telling us that how our bodies look is the most valuable part of being a woman. Jade's dream is to inspire future generations of women to reclaim their bodies as powerful, sacred temples that are not objects for others to look at. She hopes to remind others that our bodies are the incredible movers of one's soul in this one wild and precious life. Jade hopes to inspire more photographers to embrace a more truthful style of photography, 
so that we collectively send the message to girls and women that they do not need to change their bodies, nor do they need to be photoshopped to be their own masterpiece, worthy of a thousand photos. Jay desires more than anything that women remember that they are more than a body, that women are powerful beyond measure, and that women are more dynamically beautiful than we can even fathom. Her book, Wise Bodies, Beautiful Elders, comes out this spring, spring 2022. I've gotten to see some precursor gallery photos. Ah, oh, it's going to be moving. I already ordered my copy. And before we dive into the episode, I just want to give you Jade's words about who she is from her website, her, her bio. She says, I'm here to be a facilitator for living heaven on earth. I'm here to support your waking dream. I'm here to stand in my authentic beauty and reflect your divine gorgeousness. I'm here to be a radiant reflection of life. I am life. You are life. All of this that we are and that we have is divine. All of this is magic. All of this just is. It was a treat for me to get to speak with her. Without further ado, let's dive in. Jade, as I was just saying to you a moment ago, I am a big fan of your work, which I'm sure is something that's not new to you. I just love the impact you're making on the world, how you're showing up. And so this is honestly like an, an honor to get to share a space with you. So thank you for joining me. Yes, like to be here, sister. Thank you. Uh, and for people who can't see right now, I just want to point out that in the background right now, you've got beautiful, some of your photographs in the background, and it looks like a setup to like actually take photos behind yeah, you. Yeah, we're ready. Ready. <laughs> Come on over. Come on over, Ashley. Get on that backdrop. Oh, I would, that would be someday. Yeah. <laughs> I have to like take, get the bravery from inside me, but I think if anyone can make me feel comfortable, it would absolutely be you. <laughs> I would hope so. Um, I guess I want to start here because this is one of the things that I've loved whenever I go to your website and there's an about Jade section on the website but before you even get into your bio about you you actually have a quote from Rumi mm. yeah and the quote is I've come to drag you out of yourself and take you in my heart I've come to bring out the beauty you never knew you had and lift you like a prayer to the sky mm. tell me more like why did you choose that quote how does it speak to you Mm, it just made me tear up just hearing you read it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that quote so much. Oh, it's so good. And it, I think it can be interpreted in a lot of ways. But the way that I interpret it is, you know, around eight to 10 years old, we get our beautiful sacred gardens sort of get weeded out with, with all these truths of other humans. And so it, it obscures the ability to see our magnificence, mm. our worthiness, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and as women, I have found after doing this now for so long that, you know, we love seeing each other. We love reflecting to each other. We love vibrating um, in a similar wavelength according to where we are in life. You know what I mean? So to me, that is like, it's like, I know you can't see this. I know in your mind, you're too fat, too thin, too this, too that. And why would you want to make a photograph? Why would you want to sit there and be like, I am divine? You know, mm. our culture 
us that we're not even supposed to think that because it's narcissistic, but also don't love yourself, (laughs) but also don't not love yourself, you know, because then you're not body positive and you're, you know, you're missing out on your life. I mean, it's just like contradiction after contradiction. And, and, and as so many women I work with, I just like, what do I believe? You know, Mm. it's like, forget, forget all of it. You don't have to believe it. I'm just gonna, I'm going to show you Mm. what a divine miracle you are. Oh, the power of seeing. Yeah. Power of seeing without, without all the other stuff, the ego, yeah. the, the trained beliefs of our unworthiness. And, uh, and I like that you used the word at one point, magnificent. Like that just has that like awe and power to it. Um, yes. We're going to get into all of that, but I want to take it backwards a little bit. Um, I know, or at least I think you can correct me if, you're, if I'm wrong, that you spent a lot of your childhood in, in Mexico with your mom. Is that true? That tell, is true. Yeah. Tell me about that. Tell me what your childhood was like there. Oh, it was such a fantastic childhood. I had the privilege of, of my mom and my stepfather moved to this small village that you can only get to by boat in uh, 1980. And I was one. <laughs> and with my older sisters, 10 years older, and they were musicians and they were super poor. And they found out that they could live more glamorous lifestyle, even though we were really poor <laughs> in this small village, you know, like this back to the earth, beautiful existence on very little money. And they got to do their music and we got to live a pretty healthy life. My, my stepdad was a fisherman. We, you know, I mean, we didn't have much where I'm just realizing just how poor we were as I get older, like, wow, we didn't know where the food was coming, but my stepfather would go fishing. Yeah. So it was this beautiful place that, oh, I'm just so grateful they chose it. Mm. And so I lived there and I went to school there until I was 13. And then I came to Tucson, Arizona to finish school. And that really shaped it because it, when I mean shaped it, that shaped my, my, my curiosity Mm. (laughs) about life (laughs) because I was this, you know, this foreign child in this little village. And I had these privilege, even though in my culture, I'm super poor, I had the privilege of going to America Mm. to visit my dad. And so I was very early on aware of my privilege and, you know, just, all, all of all of the things to be grateful for mm-hmm. and also to love the simplicity the simplicity I mean we lived in a hut with no walls you know and most wow. of my friends lived in huts with dirt floors like very very back to the earth mm-hmm. and then I come to the states and it's all like more fancy and you know so it's it was a beautiful understanding of 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 the multitude of beauty and that that exists Mm, that simplicity. And I'm, I'm wondering the, the women around you in the village, how is there or like a relationship to bodies modeled to your relationship to themselves? <laughs> yes. So it, it's, it's really interesting like that. So my mother was a, this was a hippie. She was very comfortable mm-hmm. being naked, but she also was very, and, and bless her. It's not her fault. It's, it's, it's the generation she grew up in very concerned about my body being too big. <laughs> so, you know, it was always like very lots of talk about how much I'd eat and how mm. much, how my body looked. And in, in our village, you know, there wasn't a lot of food. So any bigger person uh, was pretty much made fun of. And, and then, and, and, and I think it's changing now in Mexico, but when I was little, it's like very like, ah, gorda, you know, like yeah, yeah. 
nickname. Your nickname becomes your body shape. Oh gosh. And, and, and again, no one's fault. These are just learned things and, um, cultural and I don't even know if it's cultural I don't know what it is I, I truly at the end of the day I think it's just marketing it's so it's a way mm. to 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 feel worse about ourselves so that we buy things so it, it was definitely I was very conscious of my body shape very very conscious of it from a very early age um even though it, it was this village with no electricity and like no billboards no we didn't have no tv that's <laughs> wild and that it was still like indoctrinated in you yes the message was but don't be fat mm. just i don't care what you do but don't be fat you know mm. um and then i'd come to america to visit my dad in the summers and i would see that message here you know right <laughs> You were awesome, but just don't be fat because then you're not awesome. So that, that really was this interesting thing in my mind since I can remember. And no, again, like I have, there's, I don't blame anyone for this except corporations that profit hugely off of this shared belief. I think, you know, the way I see it is that my mother and our, and our culture, they're all trying to make sure we fit into the box so we, we can be a successful woman because a sex, mm. successful woman is a thin, pretty, little quiet thing. So at all costs, let's make sure she is that, yeah. you know? So I understand that's protection, you know? It's, mm. it's protection of wanting to make sure we're not too fat because mm. then what? Then we're going to fail. Yeah. And what, who, you know, there's very few mamas who care for the children who want their children to fail. Mm. So done a lot of, a lot of forgiveness around that. And I get it. And so that was that experience. However, my mom did was very comfortable being naked. So I'm so mm. grateful. I got to see a naked body with no weirdness attached to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like easy breezy. It doesn't mean sexual. It doesn't mean anything. It's just my mama's body. Right. You know? Uh. What was hard was that she was always complaining about her body. You know, it's mm. like, oh, this and this is, oh, 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 this is ugly. And I'm like, but you're my queen. How can my oh, queen yes. see all these things that you're saying are terrible? And that like, I was getting the message, oh, just you wait, because you're going to get this too. Like, oh, mm. damn, not only is my queen not worthy, but now I get to worry that I'm going to get those terrible things that you're complaining about. Uh, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. And uh, I, I feel like no matter across culture, that's something that so many of us as women or, or, or girls experience. And you even said something earlier about, about like, do you can be anything, but don't be fat and like rather be this little quiet, I think, cause I think it comes back to it's connected to taking up space. Did you feel that, that also oh, yeah. like, we're not allowed to take up space? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I've always been loud, a loud <laughs> laugh that has always been made fun of. I have big feet. I have a big forehead. I have a lot. I'm big. I am a big, you know, in, in many different dynamics, not just physical. Right. <laughs> so yes, it was always like too much, too much, too much. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. That's a lesson that we're too much. I feel, yeah. I feel like that's been part of my own healing journey in a different way of like feeling like I'm too much. Right. Oh, um, so, you know, you, you'd come back to the United States, like you said, to go to high school. And I think leading up to that point, did you not have a camera? Like your family didn't have a camera? Right. No, we did not. We did not. No. So, but were images like, did you imagine, like, are you a visual person as a kid? Did you imagine images? Yeah, yeah. I did. I was composing photographs in my mind since, I, since my earliest memories of wow. my friends. 
And I would choreograph dances with my friends because and I would imagine these things and I'd want to see it play out in real life. And but we didn't have music, so we had to like make the music <laughs> have a stereo. Um, but yes, and and in high school was when I finally got to have my hands on a camera, which was like such a huge deal. Like that's expensive, you know, like that's that's a lot of responsibility. Just holding it was like to be trusted with something that had a lot of value yeah and I feel like that's when you say when you were a little kid and you were always imagining I feel like that <laughs> reminds you of what your purpose is like when you come back to the things that you've always imagined or dreamed of when you were a child um like that's usually a sign uh I, I think I'd heard that you also even in high school were you taking pictures of your like nude bodies of your friends Was yeah, that exactly what, yeah. what what drew you to that or what awed you about the the body I guess it's such an interesting yeah that's a it's a beautiful I'm not entirely sure but I know that I at the time I was really I admired photographers that would make the body look like a landscape mm. you know that you were like is that a human body or is that not a human body yeah. you know and, and this artistic it to me it seemed very fine like oof this New York cool artistic you know bodies <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just, it, I was drawn to the body and I think it had a lot to do with my own processing of my own body. Mm. And I wasn't taking self-portraits really. It was just my friends and I'm just, you know, they're there. And we were also dancers in high school. So we were all dancers and photographers together. So mm. we would dance and just photos and, and it wasn't sexual at all though. Cause we were still kids, mm. you know, it was just this very beautiful, pure body art making, you know, with, with very little meaning attached to it. We just knew that we were drawn to it. <laughs> and we had a teacher that allowed us a space to do it. Like, you know, our teacher didn't look, it was like, you do what you do, you do what you do. We can't turn in that work, but do what you need to do to feel inspired. Wow. I love that too, that there was space for it. Cause I was wondering that too, I'd heard you maybe on another podcast talking about this, that in high school, you were experimenting with this and that the teacher was like, I'm not I'm almost going to look away exactly. and allow you to totally. explore. Yeah. And so yeah. as you were like, I guess, leaving high school and figuring out, you know, that time, not that you can ever know what you're meant to do in your life. So I don't like that question, but did you know, like you wanted to go into photography or did you take other paths first? Yes. I didn't want to go to photography school. So I, um, I graduated in the top of my class, you know, because coming from Yalapa in Mexico to, to Tucson, my goal was to become a professional, like doctor or something that made a lot of money because I did not want to be poor. Mm. <laughs> I did not want to be poor. And I got really good grades, mm. although my body was talked about more than my grades, which mm. is, I think happens for a lot of us. Um, anyway, so I, I fell in love with photography really by senior year. I just was like, this is everything. <laughs> but I also got scholarships to pre-med and all these other areas. So I was kind of like, oh, what do I do? I wanted, but I didn't. To me, it was very unsexy to go to the University of Arizona, and go to pre-med. <laughs> to me, it was sexy to go to art school in right. California or on the East Coast, but I couldn't afford that. I couldn't afford it. Um, and so I just said, I don't, I'm not going to do any of it. And I worked and I saved up much money and I packed a cooler full of film and I drove to what I thought I was driving to, to South America, but I got as far as Panama okay. with my camera and film and just photographing and, and experiencing life free from school as an 18, 18 year old. 
And that's, that kind of set the tone. I was like, okay, well, I think I'm going to just do this photography thing on my own. This is just going to be my love, you know? And yeah, so I never went to school, but um, my other friends that I was in photography class with at Tucson High, a lot of them did go to art schools and the art was literally beat out of them and they don't even like doing photography anymore, Mm. you know? And so in a way I'm grateful, (laughs) I'm grateful that I did not because I know me, I'm I'm too much of a wild spirit and too crazy. I don't like receiving critique. I don't need critique. This is my soul speech. You know, I don't really, yes, my lighting is not the best. I'm aware. I'm aware. I am not the best photographer on the the planet. I'm okay with that. This is my soul language. And so if someone tries to critique that, I'm going to abandon it (laughs) real Mm. fast, real fast. Because it's, it's not, it's not perfection. It's, it's, it's different. It's photography, but it's so much more than photography. Oh yeah. And it's your, your soul language. And I think it's funny because as an outside observer who doesn't know anything about photography, I think you have the most gorgeous pictures ever. And I never thought like, let me check out her lighting. Like, <laughs> I've never, that thought if you, never if you had eyes. a trained, if you went to photography yeah. school, oh my goodness. I mean, Yes, I've, I've had many photographer friends that went to fancy schools and wanted to tell me, I'm like, I hear you. I love that you care. Right. I just don't care. Mm. And that's my point. Like you're making an impact and you're doing, you're speaking from your soul, which is speaking to my soul and so many other people's souls. And that's what matters. I'm also wondering about this trip that you take after high school. One, I think maybe it's youth, but also just brave that you're like, I'm going to just go and explore. On my, right. And that's the thing, probably when you look back now and it's Super like, oh my naive. God, right. <laughs> I would never do it now. Never. That's what I was wondering. But since you did, and you were young and you, you know, almost don't know any better. So you take this, let your curiosity lead you. What yeah, did you discover about awesome. yourself on the way? Mm. Oh, what did I discover? Well, it was so fun traveling with a cooler full of film and my camera. Uh, it was so fun to finally experience life as not a child, as not a school person, but as a person, you mm-hmm. know, without my parents and just by myself and, mm-hmm. and how beautiful, how beautiful the world is and my privilege to be able to experience it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was yeah, it was magical. And I'm so grateful. Nothing terrible happened on that trip. <laughs> there was a few, there was a few moments that were unfortunate, but for the most part, I felt so protected, but yeah, it was my curiosity just kept leading me to this other town and this other town. And then all of a sudden I was in Costa Rica and I didn't even know anything about Costa Rica, but oh my gosh, I love Costa Rica, you know, and then to Panama and, and just, uh, yeah, living on a shoestring, but that was okay at that time. Like I, I could sleep on the dirt floor and it would be fine. Yeah. But getting to meet people, letting allow, seeing if they would let me photograph them, and mm. and then I came back to Tucson, and my high school photography teacher allowed me to come, even though I wasn't in high school no more, obviously, allowed me to come develop all my film and everything in the classroom for free, wow. uh. and was so excited to see you know my all my rolls of film and and mm. yeah, so. Oh, again, the power of having teachers or people in your life who support you in that way. Yeah, believe in you and, and let you know that. You said that also when you were traveling that you'd ask people, like, can I take your pictures? Is that where you started 
honing that skill of like creating that safety and discovering how to ask or how to create that space for someone? That's a good question. I'm very <laughs> terrible at asking. So you know, one thing, one thing I learned growing up in Mexico is like, I don't, it's, it's, it's culturally inappropriate to ask for something that you're going to think that might make someone uncomfortable. So you mm. just don't ask. Right. You know, you don't want to make anyone uncomfortable yes. and, and asking for something for yourself is, is not really seen as, so I already had that very instilled in me. Mm. So it had to be folks that I was hanging out with that I felt comfortable with. It was a lot of photographs of butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> or just also, <laughs> or just also, but I did, I did got, to, I did get the courage after I would hang out with folks. I, I, I wanted to build a relationship. I am not the kind of photographer who can just swoop in and, you know, but I did learn how to ask. And I also learned that I rather have it be a consensual thing. Mm -hmm. I, I do like the fact my work now is 99% clients. Yeah. And it took a while to get here because my style is very unique. Like yeah. who is going to go want to take photos and pay for it of their body when they feel the fattest and ugliest they do. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. <laughs> that is a very peculiar business model. So <laughs> I do prefer that, although I've, I've had the opportunity now to go to Standing Rock and I went to mm. Greece and I did have the opportunity to work with folks and take portraits, but always, always with deep respect and asking, mm. always asking. Mm. And I, yeah, I want to get into all of that. First, I want to get us to this moment where you, your work sort of goes viral. Can you tell us about your experience after you gave birth to your son, how you were feeling in your body and how that led you to taking pictures of yourself in that moment. So at that point, before I gave birth, I had started blogging. Um, I had been in a relationship and he decided he wasn't in love with me anymore because I was too fat oh. and bless him, bless him. That's his own conditioning. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me because mm. it propelled it. Well, first of all, I went into this horrid eating disorder, which was not the best thing, but I, I became the thinnest I'd ever become. And everywhere I went in my small town in Tucson, and I was a dance teacher at the time. And I was already, people know me in this right. town, even back then. And everywhere I went, everyone was like, oh my goodness, Jade, you've lost so much weight. You look so amazing. What's happening? You know, mm. like, what's going on? They were sincerely excited. They were, still, but inside I'm like, <sighs> I was heartbroken. I was sad. I hated myself, mm. you know, but on the outside, what it looked like was success because I was finally thin. Yeah. And on the outside and, and people saying those things, oh, it just yes. almost confirms the, the messed up messages you're getting. But I'm sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, it does. <laughs> No, that's exactly it. And that's, but from that, I learned the importance of, of being free from commenting on each other's bodies and, yeah. and digging up deeper things because thinness, A, doesn't equal success. We have no idea what's happening for somebody. So let's just, let's just take that off of, of the plate and, and let's, you know, let's get curious yeah. <laughs> about the person and, and, and compliments are so beautiful. So how can we compliment without complimenting on body shape, hair, or like, you look so beautiful today, you yeah. know, like, like let's encompass something more divine because it, it, it and unfortunately that had a huge effect on me. Um, but again, I turned that into a superpower and I started blogging about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I took the superpower of the breakup and then those experiences and started blogging about it, started posting photos. And that was about a year before I gave birth to my son. So I was already cultivating this like curiosity, yeah. like what's up with this? 
really you can fall out of love with someone because they gain weight mm. I mean how is that yeah so I was just so curious about it. I had no answers no answers and I still was deep in self-loathing and still thinking that in order to keep a man I needed to be thin and pretty mm. and all of the things sexy and so then I get pregnant and I finally for the first time feel like I can love my body for me I was walking around with my belly out thing I'd never <laughs> done before. And I felt like, oh, here she is. Mm. But then what did I do too? Was I weighed myself every single day, obsessing about the amount of weight. The doctor told me only gain this much weight. Otherwise right. it's risky. And so I'm, there's, there's my obsession with weight all like in there. But then I was able to push it aside. I gained more weight than I was supposed to, according to what's healthy. I had a fantastic birth, more weight and all. Mm. And, but then there, and, and I felt like a freaking queen I, after birth and it was messy and, and painful. And I'm standing there in, in a diaper and I was like, I'm a freaking miracle. Mm. Yes. <laughs> and that was literally the first time I've ever, maybe since I was six and smaller that I allowed myself to be like, yes, I'm a miracle. Mm. And that went away very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the next day, I was already thinking, all right, how can I get this body back in shape and sexy and thin and da da? And my my miracle moment was completely hijacked. Mm. So a month into postpartum, I'm like, oh, there's there. I didn't want to admit it, but there was some pretty pretty juicy postpartum depression in there, mm. mostly because I was at war with myself already. I was already mm. not meeting the expectations that I thought I needed to make. So I wasn't even able to be fully present with my precious little baby because I was at war with myself. And in a moment of clarity, I drove down to my studio and I took these self-portraits of my fat body, although that, that body is so thinner than my current body. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, this is so fat. And, but it was a big deal for me. Right. It was a big deal. And up until that point, self-portraits that I would post on Facebook, I always Photoshop. Mm. I didn't want nobody to know the truth that I have wrinkles and acne scars and dark circles yeah. <laughs> and cellulite. Mm. So I was like, no Photoshop. Here's the truth. I don't know why I'm doing this, but I got to do this. Mm. And that was the moment everything changed in my life. Mm. Up until that point, I was a massage therapist. I did photography as my passion for free. Lots of fun, you know, with my girlfriends and our garden circles and, yeah. you know, and I would use those photos on my blog, but those, it wasn't a business. It was not because mm. the style of photography that I am in love with, I didn't know how to make it into a business model then. Mm. But as soon as I posted that self-portrait, there's thousands of women like, oh, I want to see myself through the lens of truth too, mm. you know? Yeah. And that was the beginning. Mm. Oh, there's so much that you said there you're saying before that you would photoshop because you didn't want anyone to like know you or see you in your no. truth yeah no. and I, I think so many of us connect this when I first discovered your work I was probably right out of college and I remember like so stepping into womandom and I remember thinking like oh no one's ever shown me a female body like that before mm. I never I didn't know I know that sounds ridiculous. I have a female body, but it was just sort of like such a revelation. And because yeah. there's so much fear and we're supposed to protect ourselves around like what we actually look like and how we're made and how we're formed and hide it. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I think that's us, oh, so, you know, like understandably why it was so powerful. Um, 
this is an aside that's unrelated, but I was also just thinking as you're talking to me, I also, because I get the pleasure of getting to see you now as we're talking, but later people won't. I love the way you use your body, even as you're talking right now. I just wanted to point that out. Like you, I can see the dancer and you just, the way your shoulders move and your arms and you do take up space, which again, brings a sense of ease about you. Like I imagine that sometimes what we're here to teach is something that we have to learn. And so do you feel like this is still like an ever evolving process of coming home to your body? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Until yeah. the final exhale. That's the thing. Yes. There's no destination here. It's we just keep getting, we, we have the opportunity to get more and more peace mm. <laughs> you know, with all of the unfoldings. Yes. And I, I think I appreciate hearing that because I think some people might listen and think like, oh, she's like now at this perfect state of like knowing who she is and being okay with it. And I think it's okay to be like, we're all on the journey. We're on the journey. And I have to give myself props that when I look back at myself, even, even five years ago, I am so grateful to where I am now. The amount of obsessing about my body and age and all the things takes up so much less brain space. And and I have so much compassion for my sweet girl who was still trying to to fit into a body type that was healthy, Mm. which equals thin. And the way I kept shifting and blaming all of my problems in life on my body shape, Mm. you know, and, and, and so I have so much compassion. I'm so grateful now that yes, I still get to unravel more layers and oh, to have the peace, to have more peace about it mm. is priceless. Mm. You, you mentioned aging and, and I know your, your book that's coming out, I guess, I think next year, um, wise bodies, beautiful elders. Uh, I got to, like, I was clicking through the gallery on your website the other day. I just wanted to, like, send it to everyone. Um, There's something so arresting about those photos. So before we get into more of that, can you just talk about the word elder, like what that means to you? Mm, Yeah, that's, that's such, the reason I use that word is because it triggers so many people. Yes. You know, I have to be, I, I get to be mindful about these things. Like I like calling myself fat and that triggers a lot of people too in, in, in different arenas in fat activist arenas. And people are like, oh no, you're not fat. You're beautiful. Which I'm like, oh, I have so much to teach you. Yes. And, you know, so I use these words because I do want it to be a sort of disruptor, you know, yeah, kind of like, yeah. oh. um, and in our culture, being an older woman there's literally so little good attached to it. Mm. So little, you know, it's like, I've always known when I turn 40, that's the end of my life. Right. <laughs> I have been trained with that message. I've received it. I have embodied it. It is truth. Mm. <laughs> you know? No, it's not truth. So in other cultures, there's so many cultures in our world still that do revere elderhood. Mm-hmm. And to be, you know, I've spent a lot of time studying dance in West Africa. I've spent a lot of time in villages in Mexico where being an elder is this like, they eat first, they, they, they are taken care of, they are worshiped as, 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 a, as, as a miracle because mm-hmm. living is hard. So if you have survived all the hard and now you're an elder, like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. you know? And in our culture, we've, I, I truly believe we've simply have forgotten how to honor that, 
you know, and, and in our movies and our culture, it's, it's so normal to make fun of elders and intimacy. It's gross. <laughs> and so when I was getting close to 40, I was like, oh my gosh, I need examples of juicy, empowered in all the ways elders. And I don't have, I don't have anything, so I'm going to make it. <laughs> mm, yes, that's what you do when you, yeah, when it's not out there in the world and you have this calling to go and create it yourself. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, for a long time, I had this organic skincare line that I created. And one of the reasons I left it was because I wanted it to be the celebration of what yes. skin and connection, like skin connects you to everything in the world and just honoring your temple. But every time especially when I first started, I'd be in an event and women would come up to my table. I'd be displaying my products and mm -hmm. they would say, what do you have to get rid of wrinkles? Mm -hmm. And I would always be like, oh no, mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't use the word anti-wrinkle. And I, at first it felt exhausting. Like, oh, exhausting. how, you know, how do you get express people to help them see their beauty and that. So I started calling my oils like wise woman and like that you embrace mm -hmm. that wisdom. But I think there's so, I would see it all the time of women because we've been told, like you said, you know, you hit 40 and it's like, oh, you know, Bye. right. See ya. Yes. <laughs> oh, and if you're single, if you're single, oh, watch out. Yes. <laughs> you're going to fall into the abyss of nothingness. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Another thing in my book, half of my book are couples that met in their fifties mm. or above. Because that's another narrative that we don't even think about, yeah. you know, if you don't, if you're not married and like hitched by the time you're 40, I mean, there's so many weird ideas around that. Yeah. And that we, we get to be free with our brain space. Like we get to <laughs> remove that from our brain space mm. to what is possible to peace. It's like, this body is gorgeous. We're still here. Mm. We're still here. But yeah, the anti-wrinkle thing, if you would have put anti-wrinkle, you would have sold millions of it because yes. we can lie about these things <laughs> yes. and people buy the lies yeah. because the belief is, seems so natural that, that we need anti-aging. And I mean, when I think about that word, I have to chuckle. Anti-aging, that is the culture we live in. Yeah, so we want to go backwards to this like- you Where's the room for pro-aging? Right? <laughs> I'm there with you. <laughs> we could we could start that the pro aging uh, group. And and you know there's the thing is with aging there is a lot of grief there yeah. is a lot of things you know and we don't we don't have to skip a, a lot of people are like well you know Jade you're you're just 42 you don't understand I'm like oh no 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 oh no I get grief I get getting closer to death I understand these things but it doesn't mean that we get to label them ugly yeah <laughs> or not worthy. Mm. or not something that we get to to revere and hold sacred you know we don't have to eliminate the fact that it is hard that our bodies do change that they start to hurt more all these things are also true mm. i'm so glad you added that but there's this wholeness to the truth that we're not like oh let's celebrate age and pretend that it's just all sunshine and, and yeah. rainbows because that's not the truth of life generally um but to hold space for all of it i'm i'm thinking about like some of the photos, uh, like you have couples, like you said, that intimate or just this beautiful. You see their connection. Um, I love every photo. Is it Carmeline? Is that it? Yes, oh, Carmeline. Just the way <laughs> she like takes those spaces. One of her like in lingerie reaching out towards the camera and there's just this power and fierceness. And oh, I everyone needs to, to see these. Um, can you, yeah, can you talk about, you mentioned this before. Why, why would someone choose 
to come to have their photo taken, to bear themselves, or perhaps at moments where they feel vulnerable or insecure, not at home in themselves. What, how does this photo session change them? Right. So yeah, that's such, I used to think that about myself and I felt like a fraud for so long because I'm like, why do they want to, why do they trust me? <laughs> you know, like, why are they even coming here? This is hard work. And I'm, you know, I, I'm, this is how I make my living. So like with, with Carmeline, all my elder series, those are all free shoots because this is my project. Right. Mm -hmm. But everyone else, they're clients. Yeah. So the thing is this, it's like, I don't claim this to be some big old, like, life-changing event. I, I'm, you know, like, uh-uh. I do believe in, in the magic of being brought, of being magnetized to people that you're mm. inspired by. And, 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 you know, any teacher I've ever wanted to study with, I'm just like, my heart like takes me. That's how I went to Africa two times. Like my heart wow. literally dragged me to Guinea, West Africa. I, mean, I was so afraid to travel there alone to study dance with this phenomenal teacher, mm. you know? Why? I don't know. I just had to. So I really feel like the folks that come to me, they just have that, like their hearts are like, you have to go to Jade because I, I'm kind of hard to get a hold of too, you know? And, and, and folks are like, not only are they paying with the shoots, they're contacting me through my web. They're doing a lot of labor on their end, even <laughs> to like inquire. So it's, it's just beautiful. And, and yeah, I, I truly think they're, they're following their own hearts. I know that it's not about me. I'm not, I can't, I, I, I have no answers. I have zero answers. I just know that as an artist, I can see through all the BS. I can see through the ego. I can see through all of that because I see a masterpiece. I don't need to know anything else. When Carmeline came in, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is going to be so much fun. Yeah. And she is one of maybe five people I have ever photographed. And I've made now millions of photographs in the last 10 years. Maybe one of a few that has walked in. I never met her before. We connected. She, I was looking for models and she volunteered on Facebook. And she comes into my studio in this big old moo. And the first thing she said was like, oh, Jade, wait until you see this body. Uh. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> this is the medicine I want for everybody <laughs> you know like wait until you see this body because and, and she had not not because she had somehow mag magically she also is a woman in this world who has suffered <laughs> who has been told to be shoved into the pretty little thing box but she had this revelation in her 50s she went to, to this, this massage therapist told her that she would be so fun to draw and if she's ever modeled before and she was like, huh, what an interesting idea. I think I'm going to go model. So she went and posed at a nude modeling wow. um, drawing studio. And she had this, this change of, of mindset. And she would hear people, she describes it as listening to the, the pencil on the paper. And, and she was like, I am fun to draw. This body is a masterpiece that folks want to, to, to make the curves of. And, mm. and so she, she understood that her body was really gorgeous to make art with. Mm. And so that's why when she had already had done all that, when she approached my door, she'd already yeah. done that work. And she knew that I was going to be like, uh-huh. <laughs> you know it. So, but what beautiful, yeah. And you can, you could like, what a revelation. And you can feel that in her photos. I mean, all of them were beautiful. I just happened to 
be drawn to several of hers because of that energy. It's just like, oh my God. Yeah, she knows it. <laughs> um, oh, I, guess, I guess switching a little bit, um, and you'd mentioned this before too, what I find so fascinating about you, one of many things, is not only are you this you know, body positive photographer, but you, like you said, went to refugee camps in, in Greece to photograph Afghan and, and uh, Syrian, I think, refugees. Mm-hmm. I guess, describe the kinds of photos you took while you were there. Yeah, I, I, so I went with a group of, of really rad ladies that were going to, we, our, our goal was to connect with women and to sh- and on, on all of our social media platforms to share their voice to try to raise, raise more awareness. So we were going with very good intentions. Um, I, however, when we got there, just like, oh my gosh, like I just, oh, my privilege couldn't have been more like neon in my face, you know, and oh, so it was challenging, but we, d- we were able, no, not, but, and we were able to make some beautiful connections, sit and talk again. We wouldn't just snap photos and keep walking. You know, we would have conversations and try to, to see if there was anything we could do to help you know, and yeah, that was, that was an amazing experience, but also I feel like I'm still dealing with the trauma of that because, mm. oh my goodness, it's just, and, and it was all, it was so beautiful. Like on the news, I almost didn't go because the news was portraying as this like, oh, the refugee camps have terrorists in them. Oh, and so I was really afraid, but when I got there, it was the most peaceful thing. The Greek, the Greece people and Lesbos, they're very, very, very generous the way that they were, you know, assisting with these thousands and thousands of refugees. And, mm-hmm. and it was an honor to have a translator so we could talk to these mamas. And we, we, we were all into breastfeeding at the time. Like that was our main thing. So we really want to talk about their breastfeeding journeys. And they're just like, okay, you want to talk about breastfeeding? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but more, more so of just sitting and listening and championing them and, yeah, trying to, to give slippers a hope and then, yeah, sending them those photos. Mm. But it, it was it was a tremendous privilege and heartbreaking all, all wrapped up into it. Yeah, you used the word peace. And I feel like that's a, the adjective I couldn't grasp. When I was looking at the photos, I didn't know what to call because it, it, it surprised me. There's something, maybe because it brought the unfamiliar closer and I just saw mm-hmm. human beings. And so mm-hmm. there was that a sense of, piece to that and I think that's why in some ways photography is so powerful because we're able to see people who perhaps we think are so distant or not like us or somewhere else in the you know middle of the world so like us yeah yeah I'm wondering if and there was no go ahead (laughs) that that piece was prevalent it truly was you know because also there was a lot of hope because getting to that island you know, is a first step in some, in some tremendous hope, you know, so there was a lot of hope bubbling in those camps, which was pretty delicious to be able to witness. That's so cool too. I hadn't thought of that. I'm thinking of all the like pain and the grief that it took to get there, but also the hope that must be percolating. Looking ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm wondering also for the first time in a long time, our, at least the American collective attention in some ways is on refugees, particularly from Afghanistan. Has your experience in the camps there shifted the way you take in that information now or hear about the news like coming out of Afghanistan? Oh my gosh, I, to be honest, I can't listen to the news right now because yeah. it 
it uh it's too much for my mental health mm. at this time i i took two, 2021 was my year of minimal news i'm an npr junkie <laughs> so, <laughs> my my coach my husband everyone that loves me was like jade please one year no news mm. my depression was really bad last year really really bad and i was having this really challenging time justifying even wanting to be alive mm. so i needed to turn off the news and regroup but yes, my heart does go out. I think of that, that this one of my favorite photos from the refugee camps is of this Afghan girl in this camp, bright eyed and hope, full of hope, you know, and oh my gosh, oh my gosh, just, yeah, yeah, mm. it's, it's a lot, it's a lot, but you just inspired me. I'm going to share that photo of that girl and mm. just put that, put that energy of, of her amazing we spent the afternoon with her yeah. and her caregivers we couldn't quite figure out where her parents were but mm. yeah it's yeah I think and so if you don't want to talk about this you don't have to I think a lot of people especially in 2020 experience perhaps something similar or just the news has become too much how did stepping away from it influence you or impact you well, that's the thing because I'm an activist. So it seems like such a cop out to not be informed and not to do something. Um, and so that was a struggle, but I knew at the end of the day, I have to, I had to take care of myself again because yes. my, my tank was on low, my mm -hmm. personal tank was on super low. And I do want to stick around as long as possible for my son who is now nine. Yeah. And I want to be an activist, but how can I be an activist that's more sustainable for my brain and my incredible yes. sensitivities? <laughs> Yes. So I very much enjoyed doing minimal news, um, but I have listened into a little bit of Afghan stuff because I do have this, that, that girl, you know, these, mm. these beautiful men with their babies, smiling Afghan men, you know, in our culture, I think we have such an idea of what these men, yes. oh my gosh, you don't see they're these beautiful fathers, mm. you know, wanting everything for their children, literally would do anything as we, all most of us want. Mm. so it has been good um my mental health is the best it's been in a long time I'm off yeah. medications my mm. blood pressure stabilized I'm off blood pressure medication mm. my stress levels really gone down <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna ride that out and then figure out the next step from there mm. Th yeah thank you for sharing because I think a lot of people are in that same boat and not sure if it's okay to step away and like you said it's yeah. important that you care for yourself and I'm so glad you're with us and that anything that you do and just your, it has to be sustainable. And that's it otherwise does. what's, you know, what are we going to do if we're not here? Yes. You know, like we can't do nothing if we're not here. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, um, and the thing is like, I'm a forever activist, like even this book, you know, yes. this is how I can do activism. That, that is, is, is this, is this, is this good for my mental health yes. for right now, mm. you know, celebrating older people like that I can do right now but I'm not closing the door and I'm remaining opening. Oh, I'm remain, remaining open yeah. for the future and what, how I can be of service because ultimately that's all I desire, mm. you know, to, to amplify the voice that I, I have the ability to hold space for, to hold. And yeah, I keep to trying to do my best with that. Yeah. And I think it's a reminder that everyone has a different role in creating change or healing and so what you're doing with these bodies of elders, I mean, like you said, that is 
powerful and beautiful way and something that's needed in the world. And so it doesn't have to look like someone else's. Um, it doesn't have to necessarily be work with refugees. You're expressing it through your own unique being. And, and that's, that's what matters for all of us. Um, I have in a moment, I have a little lightning round for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but before that, I have one final thing that I wanted to ask you about. I guess the power of, of seeing, because um, there seems to be this recognition through your photographs that like we talked about at the beginning of like, I see you and that people feel they allow them, you to see them fully. There's this like vulnerable and courageous space that's created between you. What does it mean to see someone for you like in their bareness, in their vulnerability? Mm. Well, it kind of, I think for me, it ties back to that not photoshopping myself mm -hmm. I was pretty vulnerable to be like okay here I am yeah. cellulite wrinkles acne scars and fat here it is and that sense of not having to hide is incredibly liberating mm -hmm. it's like okay there's nothing else I can hide you know like I think with anything when we feel like we have to hide something it's like we have to remember to hide it and it takes up again more brain space <laughs> and so it's it's that like oh yeah there is nothing to hide here in that sacred and being naked doesn't mean anything except this, this is a sacred vessel. Nothing is wanted from me and my particular love of shooting women. I, I you know, in my book and my elders there are a few men, but they're mostly with their women. Mm -hmm. My passion is, is, is women or any, anyone that identifies as a woman, like that is what I know mostly. I don't know everything, but that is, that is what I <laughs> understand the most. And particularly because I love vibrating from my heart space with women in a sensual, erotic, non-sexual way. Yes. I feel like that's what was taken from me when I started obsessing about how I looked to the world. Mm. I, I, I no longer could vibrate in this like, oh, I love you. Mm. And I, I became like, I have to be a competitor against you, yes. you know? And that like, I have to be prettier than you and thinner and younger. Mm. And, when really it's like, mm -mm. I think that, I think most women's innate wisdom is like, oh, I see you <laughs> and I want to serve you just like a beehive. Like I truly think of women as more in the beehive sense where, yeah, we're incredible alone, but we're super incredible together. Mm -hmm. We can do rad stuff together and, and we'd love to be seen by one. I think when a woman, when I see a woman, it's different than when a hu her husband sees her or her partner. Yeah. Because I am someone that is not, I'm just this, I'm a bee, a fellow bee that can reflect to her possibly just right. Mm. That sacred truth free from all of the conditions and the comparisons and competitiveness. Mm. So I think I veered from your original question. I, I don't I don't even remember what my original question was, but that was beautiful. I've I've lost track of where we've started and I don't care. <laughs> oh, here I am, you said. And I love that you pointed out that you can vibrate with other women in this sensual, erotic, but non-sexual way. That's such a again, I keep saying what a revelation because it is. Those things can be both true at once. Oh, that's gonna yes. sit with me for a while. And that's why I was so excited about breastfeeding. I was like, oh, breasts are for something other than sex. Because in my mind, to have cute boobies was to attract a partner. And that was that. Right. You know, even though I'd been to West Africa and boobies there are a whole different meaning, whole mm. different meaning, you know, but that's why I became obsessed with breastfeeding. I was like, I need everyone to know that breasts <laughs> are more. <laughs> 
they're hours, you know, mm, and they're hours. Yes, they are. They can be for sexual pleasure. Yes, absolutely. But it's so much more than that. It's not black and white. Mm. And, and a naked woman, even with her legs open and, you know, it doesn't mean anything except like that's a shape her body makes. You know, and it's pretty powerful. We've been trained to close our legs and to cross them and to be proper. So it's really cathartic for a lot of when I I ask almost all my clients, but not all I, I gauge and not all are ready for me to ask them if they want to open their legs. But that is one of my favorite <laughs> shots is legs open, heart open, you know, just like because that goes against everything we've been told to do. And 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 you know, I think I would say half of women are like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> the other half are like okay um but even you know it's yeah it, it goes so deep it goes so deep even most it's amazing I'll be working with women who are older than me who have never even looked at their vulvas mm. you know and so like doing that is like too much trauma it's too much mm. so I, I get to be really sensitive I do try to be as sensitive as I can because I don't want to bring anyone's trauma into these situations right. I just want to remind them that that doesn't mean anything except that that's your sacred like that is a masterpiece I would want to make a clay art of that masterpiece I would want to photograph it like that's why this photoshopped one body type one age type one skin type is so boring to someone like me I want diversity I don't want to photograph the same thing all the time I want to photograph something completely unique which is one of the beauties about being human Uh, we just have been trained to believe that a photoshopped version is what we should all aspire to be which to me is so boring Oh, <laughs> I don't even know words. what I really want to do is I'm like, want to shake out my arms and move. Cause I, you're, you're, I don't know your language, your energy is reminding me of how I've been like sitting here trying to like hold my body still and not moving and not breathing. Cause I'm trying not to take up too much space <laughs> <laughs> and like, uh, should my body take up too much space? Am I allowed to like take up room? So, mm-hmm. oh, I'll just have to, mm-hmm. oh. Okay, <laughs> now that I've taken a breath, <laughs> are you ready for our lightning round? Yeah. So I'm gonna, uh, I don't always do this. I, I mean, I do the lightning round, but for yours, I've decided to just, I'm gonna send, say a bunch of sentences and just invite you to finish the sentence. Okay. Fine. So the first one I have for you is, after I finish the session photographing someone in their full beauty, I feel. Ecstatic. Mm. Yes. <laughs> uh, the next one is I take delight in. Mm. Finding gratitude in all the little things. Mm. My body is. Badass. Oh, yes. <laughs> I am. Continuing to unfold. Mm. The last one, in this moment, I am most grateful for. I am most grateful to connect with a sister I've never met in my life and have such a beautiful heart connection with. Ah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have my hand over my heart now because I probably just realized it's messing with the audio. Um, <laughs> <just> <laughs> put my hand over my heart. Um, I feel that so fully and truly. I feel... I haven't even been in front of your lens and I feel liberated by this conversation. Um, now I have to come to Arizona. That's, I feel like that's the next step. <laughs> I am 
So it's great. gorgeous here in the winters. It's a fabulous <laughs> place to come in the winter. See, so there we go. It's I've it's set now. Um, I am just truly, truly grateful for you. I feel like this conversation could go on forever, but just thank you. Thank you for being who you are for this energy. It does feel like magnetism. It's been a blessing to talk with you. Mm-hmm. Blessing to Ashley. Thank you for being curious. That mm-hmm. is truly, it's, I do think that's one of the biggest superpowers that we have mm-hmm. and it allows us to be authentic when we're curious. Uh, I just <laughs> adore you. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know everything, who and the what and the where I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George, I hop in the Porsche, five and a horse, I'm ready for war, I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost, I need to know everything. Now you be surprised at the info you get is by letting them talk, so I'm letting them talk. Gotta keep quiet, maneuver in science, then let them in talk up their body, another one body, that's just how it go. I got some secrets, I'm shaking the game so they stay on their toes. Stay in your lane, I to stay on the go. I can to play with the pros and act like a rookie, so they overlook me, then I double up again, none of their nose, none of them cold. They just got lucky, but never adapted, so I'm to one if it's coming to blows. My enemies cutting it close, I let them think that they got me, but what do you know? I had them beat before we ever spoke, I'm ready for smoke. I need to know everything, who and the what and the where I need everything Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me I'm curious, George, I hop in the Porsche, five and a horse I'm ready for war, I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost I need to know everything